everyone. Welcome to another week at the, of the Roundtable Discussion. I'm MJ with MJ Guiding Others. And this week we're talking about abandonment issues. Hi everyone, Victoria Mador here from Soul Healing Tribe and the Awakening the Healer Within training program. And I'm super excited to have this conversation today. Hi, this is Amy Melvis with um, the Four Elements Healing. Yeah, this is this is a topic that I think we all can agree is very important. And I'm Natalie Delane from N Vibe Tribe Life Coaching. Let's let's get into it. So, abandonment issues. What are they? How do they show up? What are you guys' thoughts? So you know as. I think dealing with our with our clients, it has to be something that comes up for all of us. I mean, it comes up for, I think, all of everyone that I've been in, encountered, everyone that I've encountered. It's just so much that we carry with us from, from childhood and through life because, you know, life can be definitely difficult sometimes and we tend to internalize why and, and take responsibility for things that aren't ours to take so I think that that really aggravates these subconscious fears and and beliefs that we have I mean and to your point there are different sources for everyone right and it's not the same kind of abandonment for every person but what I think is the same is the feelings that are left behind feeling abandoned and it can be by family members by society by a job by a partner uh, that feeling of not having enough self-respect not having enough not even self-respect uh what am, like self-value, right? Value. Thank you. Wow. I didn't, I need to eat lunch. <laughs> not having enough, not believing that you're worthy enough is what comes up a lot from feeling these abandonment issues in the past when I work with clients. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great point, Natalie, because when we think of abandonment issues, sometimes we're like, oh, it's probably relationship issues, right? But I think it goes even deeper than that to those first seven years and even when we're inside the womb and the mother is feeling lonely disconnected from the family you know and it, it reminds me of my upbringing because we have so many immigrants in the U.S. that leave children behind in other countries and we don't think of them as being abandoned but they do feel abandoned so there is I mean, even my cousins right now that are older were just having a conversation yesterday about the fact that they're in their 30s and they dealt with abandonment issues when they were seven, eight, nine years old, and even now. So for me, though, um, I think my abandonment issues came from being put in a hospital when I was sick and being left there for months. So I never considered that to be an abandonment issues because it's like, no, I have my parents. But the more that I that I really went deep into what that meant for me, I was like, oh, shit, I have abandonment issues, too. <laughs> so, it's funny now, but it wasn't before. <laughs> Go ahead, MJ. So my abandonment issues, because I have some, my mom, she was a single parent raising four girls and I was the fourth child. So what happened was, and we're all 
age back to back. You know, um, my mom had us one year after the other, so we're all close in age. What happened was I was the, the last child and everyone seemed to have their own lives going on. My mom, she worked multiple jobs and I was in my own world. So I did a lot. I was really into my imagination. I had the imagination, imaginary friends, you know, read a lot of books uh, by myself. And I never thought about those abandonment issues until I got older and how it affected me, you know, in my relationships with others, not being heard, not being seen, because it was like, because they call me Boogaloo. Boogaloo is my nickname. It was like, oh, Boogaloo, you know, she'll be okay. Give her some toys, give her a book. And that's what they did with me. And it just really impacted my relationships And as I got older. Wow. Yeah. And you also mentioned um, a single mother. So obviously um, issues there with a father missing too, I imagine. Not that I want to put anything right. in your mouth, but <laughs> if you can share with that, some of that. It would be great. Well, yes, my father, he was not in our lives actively. And that's something, whatever, you know, he had going on in my mom, but he wasn't there as frequently as he wanted to be, as we discussed now, because he's in my life now. But yes, that did impact me. Um, because if he was there, it may, I'm sure it would have been, you know, totally different uh, for me. Maybe I would have got a, a bit more attention. Maybe I would have been heard and, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and what I see with um, my clients that have a similar um, situation going on is that they are looking, and I'm not saying that this is your case, but normally people that have those type of um, challenges, they're looking for that person in their relationships as they they go older, you know? So they might be looking for a boyfriend and husband to fill the boy of the father or the mother. So it's, it's really complicated sometimes. I definitely yeah, I wanted to say yes to that because that's something I experienced. Um, in all of my relationships, I always looked at them as I wasn't conscious at the time that I was trying to look at them as, you know, that father type, but it was more so, okay, well, I feel safe with this guy. He's taller. I feel safe with him. He has big muscle. He's going to keep me safe. Right. And it wasn't until recently that I figured out I don't need this man to be all these things because I'm totally capable of being feeling safe myself. I can have a short guy. He doesn't have to have those big muscles. <laughs> I mean, even though it's nice, if you like that, just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> an added plus, an added plus. Um, something that you both of you, Victoria and, and MJ says is that you didn't realize you had abandonment issues until later. And MJ, you said this, like subconsciously, you didn't realize. And that's something that comes up with my clients too. You don't really while it's happening and you're in the moment of being abandoned, you don't realize until later. And I think this is where all of us come in and the clients that we serve is that they, they're coming with this empty void or a need or this like thing that they just can't fill. And it's real and it stems from this feeling left behind or however you, you felt your abandonment issue. And for me, mine was when I was 19, I lost my father 
to suicide. And I was left with my mom and my brother and my sister and like the house. And I was 19. But, you know, as a 19 year old, I was like, I can handle this. I had to sign the papers and go to the funeral home and like make sure my sister was eating because she didn't talk. Like I was doing so many roles. I wasn't even a daughter anymore. I, I For that while I was the father role. But 10 years later, well, seven years later, I started to just cry, 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 cry. Like I couldn't stop anytime I was doing. And I realized it's because. I had felt completely abandoned by my father. And yes, he had mental health issues and I'm not blaming him for what he did. You know, everyone has their stories and their issues and he couldn't handle. Um, and if anyone here is listening, suicide is a very real thing. And if you need help, there's so many sources we can put in the notes below. Um, but I felt abandoned. I felt completely abandoned by the person that was supposed to take care of me and my family and I didn't realize, like you guys said, until years later. And then I was looking for boyfriends to fill that gap. And I was also just not good in male relationships because I was always waiting for them to leave, to just disappear. So just one day had it and like, I can't handle, bye. So I was never successful in romantic relationships for a long time for a very long time because of this abandonment issue that I hadn't, I didn't know I had until doing all the work that we always talk about on this podcast right right yeah thank you for sharing us uh, with us that uh, you know I, I i think when it comes to the abandoning issue one of the things that we sometimes need to be aware of is that we feel like was i not good enough for you to stay for you not to do this for you to leave so there is a lot of grieving that needs to happen but we don't give ourselves the permission because it's too painful so definitely um you know if, if you have dealt with something similar like Natalie I think it's important to go through grief counseling so that you can process all of those things that are there to come out you know like sometimes we just need to say goodbye and in the process of saying goodbye we can release so much yeah, yeah, it's funny, Natalie, that you mentioned that because I, I thought I caught the same thing and I found that interesting how we we can think we don't have these issues because we weren't consciously aware of that that was happening internally for us. But most of the time, we just thought it that's the way it was. You know, we tend to, to cope with situations as they come. And then as we begin this healing process or just as we begin being more in tune with our emotions, uh, it comes up and you're like, oh, wait. <laughs> and I found it interesting, MJ, because you pointed out that you were seeking, found it interesting that you were seeking protectors to fill that. But I, I also find like quite the opposite, like many people attract the very same patterns because we develop this, this like comfort in this madness, right? In this like in security and this like feeling which leads a lot of us to uh to attract similar patterns that's interesting yeah and i think based on what you discussing one of the things that is coming up as a reminder to everyone is the these are codependency issues right that we're developing or that we develop for whatever the reason that you felt or unconsciously you felt abandoned 
because a lot of time we are not conscious, right? But even when we are conscious and we are working through it, I have a lot of clients that they're very, very conscious that they have abandonment issues because they didn't have a father or mother or they were adopted. And, you know, now it's like triple, <laughs> like no family bloodline that you're aware of. And it just creates so many issues with codependency, no not only abuse like um additions but the person like that person that makes you feel safe and you become so attached to them that you don't want to let them go that is a codependency issue and sometimes it comes because of the abandonment issue so the codependency is is like a side effect i don't know if that makes sense to any of you what have you found are some of the codependency issues that most of your clients or you have dealt with it definitely makes sense to me, Victoria. Um, I've I had a serious addiction with shopping, like like seriously. <laughs> it was so serious that it's ruined my life. <laughs> but I noticed too that within my family there were also other addictions that developed with drugs, with uh, uh, picking the same types of partners that were violent. Uh, so there were a lot of patterns, addictions that I saw that I just never could figure out where it was coming from. And when I went to uh, when I went to college and I started working on the uh, clinical uh, and social work, I learned a lot about myself and uh, reading a lot of the uh, material, being in classes uh, at school. I learned a lot about myself, my patterns, having these aha moments. And it was great sharing a space with other people that were coming from the similar situations. Like I was never alone. And the beautiful thing is knowing that when you're in social work, people that's in social work usually have something going on. There was too many of us that had similar issues. <laughs> we were in there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. But I did notice the addictions and it was serious. And um, yeah, that I would share with you. <laughs> Yeah, shopping therapy. That's what some people call it because they yeah. need that shopping. <laughs> shopping addiction. That's not therapy. You need some therapy for that. So, to answer your question, Victoria, another coping mechanism. I had a client that felt abandoned by both her parents, even though they were still very, very much alive. And her, what she did is she she just filled her life with distractions. Like she never wanted to, she just disassociated from it. She never wanted to think about it, realize that she's on her own, even though she's in her young twenties. Like, and she just filled her life with distractions to the point where one of the exercises we did was I made her list what she does in a day and versus what she gets, she needs to get done, like brush your teeth, go to work, whatever. Right. And it, it shocked her. She was filling her time with anything but what she needed to do. And it was a coping mechanism because she didn't know how to deal with being so alone and left to fend for herself. And I, it's amazing. We Humans are resilient. We do find ways to continue and they're not always healthy, which is why we exist, right? We get to help you identify those things and get past them. But coping with feeling abandoned is hard, especially when we're not realizing that it happens until some years later. It's a huge realization to say, oh, wait, this is stemming from 
this that happened in those seven years, right? One to seven years old, which is when a lot of things happen. Um, so that was interesting for me and in how in that coping mechanism that I found with her. That's interesting. Yeah, that that's interesting. I mean, I find multiple things. Um, you know, fear of abandonment impacts your relationship and yourself and many of us your self-esteem and everything. But um fear that what I've found um some of my clients with abandonment issues is I initially, um, first and foremost, it leads to self-abandonment. You know, a lot of them, a lot of people, myself included, um, you disregard yourself because you aren't used to having your needs met and you've accepted that consciously as part of it just is what it is. And you, you tend to be afraid of ending up alone. So you put yourself on the back burner. And I find that 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 is a very prevalent thing that that is coming up. Um, also, it abandonment issues tend to lead to like a cycle of just unfulfilling relationships because you tend to get involved with individuals and stay in the relationships that aren't safe, and that further exacerbates your abandonment wounds. And it's just it's like you're setting yourself up for failure, but but like I said earlier, it's like there's some comfort in that discomfort of that, of that dance. And Melvis, it's so interesting. I do know a lot of people that I agree. You stay in relationships because you're afraid that it's, you know, you'll never have another one. And it's, it's not going to last. My experience was exactly the opposite. I would self-sabotage all my romantic relationships so that they wouldn't leave me. I always made it so that I left them first because there was no way I wanted to be left by a man again. Like, I was just like, no, this, like, I never wanted to go near the pain that I felt when my dad left, right? Like, there's no way. So it's, talk about coping mechanisms right like there's so many different ways in my my approach was I will fuck this up excuse my French so that I can walk away with my head up I don't care what happens to you but both of us were hurt anyway I was still hurt too I mean my ego didn't let me feel that back then but you know I'm really happy that I've learned to get past that it took a long time and like we're saying awareness we had to become aware that we had this self-abandoned wound first before we can even be successful in any kind of relationships and this can go with any and like I want to be clear it's not just romantic relationships this is this is forming any kind of healthy relationship sister mm -hmm. friends work your co-workers your boss like that there can be issues there so it's not just romantic relationships that we're talking about here's just the examples right this year right right and with that also comes like you mentioned that I'm going to leave first because I'm not going to be hurt, right? But that's also, the, is that fear of rejection. So you are not leaving me. I am the one that is going to leave you, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also when we think about the fear of rejection, what happens sometimes to, I have a client right now, this person will go the extra mile to make sure that the partner is satisfied. So mm -hmm. that the partner wouldn't leave. So you go above and beyond to people, please, in order for them to stay because otherwise it will hurt too much if they want. So like I say, it's, it's a complicated situation. Go ahead, MJ. It is complicated. I had a combination of what uh, both you 
Victoria and Natalie said, with my relationships, uh, I was fearful of my partners leaving, uh, fearful of rejection, but I did a lot of people pleasing. So I never wanted to argue. So everything always went well, right? Until it was not going well. And instead of trying to work things out because I was fearful of vulnerability as well, I would find a way to get out of there whether it was ignoring that person or just making up a reason not to work things out during a difficult time. And I've seen a lot of individuals that do the same thing that I was doing. So I can really relate to them because I know where they're coming from. And it's, and it's so interesting because my clients are like, Oh, you've been through that, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> been there. I'm not just here just because I feel like talking about, it. I've been through a lot of experiences that you all are going through. So I, I do recall those things hmm. and the regression is what helped bring a lot of those things out. Hmm. And the more that I have been meditating, the more that I have really focused on those things, I can, I have started healing a lot of those things. Now it's okay for me to be vulnerable. Like it's okay. Now it's okay for me to cry. I never wanted to cry before. I'll cry now. I'll be crying. <laughs> Golden tears. <laughs> Golden tears now. They're going to get them. <laughs> That's awesome. Anything else you all would like to share with those listening? Yeah, I think I, I would like to ask you guys, what healthy ways, and I don't want to say coping, but what healthy ways do you help your clients through these abandonment issues fears rejection because uh, i I'll, I'll give my example first one thing that i love to do with mine is i call it emotion expression like getting your emotions out of your body and there's many ways to do this um for me it's usually through dance because i that's just my magic but writing journaling drawing writing on a piece of paper putting it in the garbage burning it i don't care like Victoria, you mentioned this earlier, like there is a sense of grief that happens when we get abandoned because someone does leave, does die, does depart from whatever your current reality is. And when you don't really let yourself grieve, it just compounds the issue and it like it just gets worse. Um, in fact, this month, it's 26 years that my father died. And I cannot believe that 26 years. Um and if I didn't go through and finally face that he chose to leave because he just had his reasons, um, I always thought it was me. And that sucks for a little a, a young person to think that your father doesn't want to be around because of you. Um, and it's not until I went through what I was grieving and what I was thinking and what I was truly feeling and having people like you guys to talk about it, I... Uh, it didn't start healing. So grieving and allowing yourself to accept that loss is yeah. so important. And then expressing it um, however it feels good for you. Creative expression of emotion is so liberating. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for like someone like you, one of the things that we will do is to take you back to that moment when he decides to do this and relieve that moment in order for you to release everything that is waiting to come out. And during that process, Melvis and MJ know what we go through with the regression work. You can also see and communicate with him 
so that you can say goodbye in a way that can help you understand things that otherwise you wouldn't understand if you do it with a simple meditation. So it's, you know, the grieving work is probably one of the ones that I find extremely satisfying because you're working with the soul directly and you're calling in those souls that need to come and say goodbye and it's an opportunity for them to also heal. So it, it becomes really magical and, and, and sacred and yeah, I don't even know how to, how to put it in words because it's the energy is taking over. Yeah, no, Victoria, you're so right. And it just, the regression provides such a forum for healing and for really digging into the crevices of, of our soul and our psyche and all these repressed emotions that many of them we don't, we don't even know are in there. Um, yeah. It's a very, very emotional and very healing opportunity I highly recommend it yeah and I'll share that sometimes with you know for me for example I when my grandfather died he raised me so when he died I knew that morning that he was leaving because you know I he basically came but I was still in shock and at that moment that I made it home to finally hear the words. I went into denial and I, I couldn't, I just couldn't take it. So <laughs> I started laughing. Like I had to laugh because I couldn't get the tears out. Like they, they just wouldn't come out no matter. I didn't even want to try to be honest because I didn't want other people to see me. I was 15 years old and I didn't want anyone to see me cry like that wasn't allowed for me like I didn't want to cry in front of anybody so my my coping was to laugh at anything possible that I can laugh at so that I can avoid truly understanding that he died and it was only last year this year that I said you know what I never really because I didn't get the opportunity to say goodbye to him and I said I never really got the opportunity to say goodbye to him so I had someone do a regression on me and I thought it was because he wanted to say goodbye and it was because I left something there from me like I left a piece of my soul when I was in so much denial and I see this piece jump out and this laugh take over and that denial of feeling what I needed to feel and feeling like I don't have to be in, you know, when you get a phone call and it's like, oh my God, something must be happening and something must be bad because nobody really calls you anyway. So now anybody calls me, I'm like, oh my God, somebody died. That's my first thing, right? And so I left a piece of me there that I needed to really connect with. And the magic is that it wasn't I didn't need to say goodbye to him. It was me who I left behind, but he came to let me know. You never say, you never did the process. And I thought it was because I had to say goodbye to him, but it was because a piece of me was missing. So retrieval. Yeah. 
That was super long. Sorry. <laughs> that was great. It really helped me because you helped validate something for me. I would laugh as well when people would say that I was supposed to be crying. And it was a way for me, they call it the nervous laugh. Uh, and I used to try to hide it, you know, because I really didn't want to show that those tears and show that type of emotion because I was afraid to show those things for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, for our viewers. it's the opposite. So <laughs> Any, anything else you want to share before we say goodbye? No, ladies, thank you for, for this discussion. Thank you for holding this space. Um, it's so nice to be held and seen and witnessed. To the opposite point, I now know that I'm not, you know, even though I felt abandoned, I don't feel that way anymore. And so let's, I would love to end it there. Like I've worked through so many things um, and I don't feel abandoned anymore. Like it's, I feel good and I feel whole and I, I can cry because I didn't cry for seven years. So look at, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's so important for us to be able to, to share that with anyone listening because there's so many people like 90% of my clients are always saying I feel so alone mm -hmm. and I'm like, but you're not like I mean I want to say that right but it's not the same thing until you feel it so when you hear somebody else sharing and really connecting to their feelings we also release just by listening so it's really magical how we're connected yeah so thank you Thank you, everyone. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you. Bye. See you next time. It was beautiful.